You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Um, the way these weeks are working, um, you get a lot of uh, you know Twitter responses, you know, uh, obviously questions, mailbag questions, and you're going to have to work these all in in accordance to you know, the schedule we're trying to keep here, obviously, with postgame and doing the PFF shows with John Costco and then the crossover editions. Uh, so we'll sneak this one in here. You'll, you'll get this, you know, probably mid-afternoon Tuesday. Bonus, if you will, or whatever, but I'm just trying to continue to bring you the most coverage we can, the most content we can. Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts, along for all the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise, your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. Uh, Pete, here we are, you know, almost, you know, I'd say, what, 20-something hours removed. Uh, I just keep going back to that final sequence and the blandness of it and look i mean and you can put it on and maybe maybe there's now too many cooks in the kitchen and you know poor pun i guess between freddie between todd munkin between baker maybe there's just too much going on right now but you know obviously the play calling wasn't great baker's execution wasn't great and it wasn't the best allocution of the assets you have yeah i think that's that's fair uh i don't i don't necessarily blame it uh you know on any particular single aspect whether it's you know too many cooks like i don't care who's calling the plays i just care that the plays called and the personnel groups used don't make a ton of sense. I think they are making things way more difficult on themselves than they probably need to in some of these situations. Uh, but some of this is just simple, like line up appropriately, execute the play that is called and stop trying to uh, be a hero on every play, which is specifically uh, to Baker Mayfield is it too often feels like he's trying to win the game on any given snap. And that's obviously not going to work. Uh, and that's part of the problem is, is the Browns are ending up in too many negative plays. And some of those negative plays are just direct result of being unwilling to sort of give up on, on bad, bad plays and making them worse. Um, and this goes back to when Freddie first started and, and first took over. And I remember it was the keep it simple, stupid. Um, and it seems so weird with the amount of talent that's around there. And look, I guess I can understand it from that point of, Pete, there's, you know, obviously is Nick Chubb. And look, maybe it gets a little easier, and I don't mean it in this respect, that, you know, you're not worried about trying to call David Ajoku's number now. But Rashard's going to come back to this fold. And after the Raven game, Antonio Callaway is going to come back to this fold. So maybe it's, uh, there's a lot here, you know, how do I do it? It starts with Jarvis Landry. It starts with Odell Beckham Jr. It starts with Nick Chubb. The rest of it, you know, it'll be as it may. I mean, in that respect, the, you put a investment in Jarvis. You've got a, a huge investment in o, Odell Beckham Jr. And until Kareem Hunt week 10 comes here, there's no other investment really at the running back position you're going to use or exploit other than Nick Chubb. Right. And he's very good. And uh, uh, Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> and when you give him a little bit of blocking, he tends to make a lot out of it. So these are things that, you know, these are things that can set your offense on schedule, can can open up some things. Obviously, the play action was effective when they utilized it. Uh, and, and some of that is by virtue of the fact that, you know, 
but it's more potent when your running is effective and you have to account for a guy because he was 45% of the offensive yards in that game. So there's a lot with that, that, that makes it infuriating that, especially, you know, I, I don't like empty with young quarterbacks. Anyway, we talked about this yesterday. I, I, I don't see the value because you're giving away the game in terms of the opposing pass rush, which is kind of the whole thing. You eliminate that as a possible option, whether it's, handing the ball off, using it as play action, or, you know, some sort of screen. It makes you lose a dimension, and it's really hard down by the goal line when you have five receivers theoretically releasing into a route. It's just crowded. And, you know, again, I, I think that some of their personnel groups and, and the way they're utilizing the players in that is overcomplicated and – in, in some cases, just the wrong tool for the job. And that's part of the problem that they're getting into. And that, to me, doesn't, like, I, I don't think Todd Munkin being the play caller fixes that because he's in the headset. Unless, you know, Freddie Kitchens is basically saying, shut up, I'm going to do it my way, then, you know, he's essentially complicit. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's what, what, where you're wondering where that relationship is going. Obviously, we're, you know, we're not going to know much about that unless things go really bad. And then you'll kind of get the onion in all there that's going on. But I mean, four shots from the five, it's hard to believe between two guys, between you know, with the capabilities of Freddie and Todd Munkin, you can't come up with something that actually looks somewhat kind of pretty, but look, Baker has his fault there, but we got a bunch of questions to get to here. And this is why we went on fire this one up. Uh, first one, uh, this one came through the DMS you guys always, like I tell you, the DMS are open any account. Something you want to put through the show or even just talk about it or whatever. You know, I'm there for you guys on that respect. Uh, at Rod under, uh, underscore Johnston. How much of Baker's issues right now, Pete, are related to either bad play calling, Baker, the shakiness of the offensive line, which may or may not be true, or just the fact that maybe the pressure and the hype, and maybe it's getting to Baker, and especially because Baker puts so much on himself, which is fantastic, but sometimes it can come back to bite you in the ass, so to speak. Pete? Hello? Hello. Pete, you hear me? I do now. Okay. At Rod underscore Johnson. How much of Baker's issues currently are confusion or, you know, miscomprehension of, you know, the play call comes in. Ooh, I'm not sure if I agree with that. The confusion or shakiness of the offensive line, which may or may not be the case, or just maybe the, you know, pressure related problems or Baker himself, you know, with the amount of hype that he puts on himself carrying this franchise, something's got to give here somehow, some way. Um, I think a lot of it is not trusting the offensive line, even though they're not wrong. Um, in a lot of the situations, I think. I will just say this though, you know, we, I sat down with John Costco, uh, Kush. Yeah. That one may be tending closer to the Jermaine Whitehead experience. It might be, might be time to see a little Wyatt Teller, but go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, 
why you bring that guy in. But, you know, um, some, a lot of it is technical. A lot of it is Baker is not going to the appropriate landmarks on drops. Uh, it's going too deep, and it's creating basically runways for the opponent. Uh, rushing, uh, he is abandoning uh, clean pockets. Uh, he and Russell Wilson are currently leading the league in that particular statistic, which among many other reasons is why I think Baker will ultimately be fine. But it is uh, a problem, and it is causing problems. Uh, and then the other part is he's not willing to let plays die. Uh, he is too often trying to sort of salvage plays that are clearly not going to go well trying to make something happen and then ultimately getting sacked or whatever and making the play worse. So instead of just a, a throw it away, move on to the next play, it usually it, it's too often becoming uh, we're, we're going to lose, you know, five to 10 yards on a sack. And now we've made our, you know, second down or third down that much more difficult. And right now, the way they're playing, yes, they can convert third and 15. They did it last night. But they don't – they aren't consistent in it, as few teams are, uh, because it's really difficult to get 15 yards on NFL defenses. So that's a big component of what's wrong with things right now is just that element of trying to keep plays alive that don't need to be when you should just move on and let them die. And, you know, and of course, you know, escaping the pocket and putting more on the offensive lineman when you have a couple of guys, especially obviously Kush and McCray and McCray, it was a men's amends. I mean, you really don't want to uh, poo-poo on that. But, you know, the more you're asking these guys to do, sometimes the less it's going to regurgitate, as Pete likes to use yesterday, all over you. Uh, Mac Weldon is better than what you were ever wearing right now for 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code all caps locked space on and go ahead start dressing up yourself a little prettier here for the fall season. Got more to go to in here. We'll roll on through here on locked on Browns and appreciate you guys here. And this is why we're going to put this together for you guys. Um, Pete, uh, for right now, look, the offense, the way it's looking in, look, you and I, we both agree there is, it's going to get there. Um, look, Offense usually takes a longer road to get together before a defense does. Um, but for the time being, can this defense drag this offense to at least a decent record before this offense gets it going? Yes, obviously it can because they were against the NFC, the reigning NFC champion. The offense was absolute garbage and they had every opportunity to win the game. So yes, clearly. Um, but Obviously, that's not a recipe for success uh, with any consistency, but they've shown they can do it. Uh, the offense was not great against the Jets, uh, and yet, the, they dom they, you know, scoreboard-wise, they dominated the Jets, and obviously the Jets have their own set of issues. But, yeah, and against the Titans, it was, you know, self-inflicted wounds in the form of penalties. But defensively, you know, the Titans didn't do much nope. until that 75-yard screen. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to go Butch Davis if only these five runs didn't go a certain way. Uh, but in that respect, they did have control of the game. It's just the offense, again, 
it wasn't consistent, couldn't really get anything going, and ultimately the dam sort of broke uh, at the end. But it's not as if the defense is, has been the issue in really any of these games. It's entirely been offense and penalties. So the answer is yes, uh, and, and, and we've talked about this. The Browns could end up being 2-5 and five if you include the Patriots after the bye week and be fine. And I would say uh, the the NFL in general offense is offensively challenged thus far. Obviously, there's a couple of big, big, big results, uh, like uh, the Ravens putting up 59 on the Dolphins and stuff. But in general, a lot of teams offensively are not playing particularly well. And obviously, the Browns are near the bottom in a lot of areas, which is obviously a big problem given the talent they have and the expectations they have and all that. Uh, I would say if there's a silver lining to this, it's – the Browns, short of, you know, more catastrophic injury, have basically hit bottom. You know, there's not much lower they can get, again, other than, you know, more injuries, that they sort of have to bounce back because there's really nothing left. Uh, but so, yeah, I think they, they can. Uh, the, I think what you saw last night, even without the entire starting secondary, was a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um, and now it's entirely a question of is the offense going to sort of match it? Uh, they aren't quite to the level of the Bears or, or the Ravens or anything like that, but they are not far off, and they get there in a hurry. And and for all the things that are going very, very wrong, there's everything. 100%. Uh, all right, yeah, and, and I agree there. I mean, look, the, especially what you saw last night, and I think they got their confidence up by – like beating around the Jets, but look, sometimes that's what it is. And Pete, we talk about this all the time. It's, you know, batting practice, get your, you know, get your confidence up, you know, picking on a weakling, so to speak. And that's what they did. Um, obviously we'll see how it parlays as they travel to Baltimore this week. Um, Tobias K, do you guys see improvement on offense from week one to week two to week three? I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, what you, week two you saw where Odell is a guy that, you know, a couple big plays can carry you to a win. What you saw yesterday was Nick Chubb can carry you to a win. Week one, offensively, you know, you saw maybe where Rashard Higgins, and if it blends in well with the rest of these wide receivers, I, I don't know if there's a correct answer to this, you know, where it's any of it, you know, because maybe I would say they probably look the worst, but it makes sense to say they look the worst against this Rams defense. Uh, look, if you go to the Super Bowl and if maybe you had all your skill guys healthy, you would have won the Super Bowl and you only lost by seven at home, even though you were in it to the final second and whatever. You should have <laughs> at least found a way to get to overtime. Uh, but you, you, you're seeing signs of it. The, the biggest thing here, Pete, is just the, the mixture and the blend of it all freaking together at this point, No. Okay, so there's a couple of things. First, uh, if you're asking where are the Browns improving on offense, the answer is Nick Chubb. Um, through three weeks, you've seen him not just be, you know, obviously coming into the NFL, the big question was him as a receiver, and you saw sort of little bits of, bits of hope and some, some talent in that. He's legitimately getting good. He's got a pace for 60 receptions. He uh, is, is running pretty good routes on some of these things. He, he, he's 
becoming a weapon in that part of the game. Obviously, the screen is a big play, not that, you know, that's some, some magical form of route running. But some of these things where they're, like, running empty and having him run routes, he's – like, he catches the ball and you're like – well, for, first you're, you're confusing him for a receiver because he looks good doing it. You uh, look very natural at, at this point. So that's certainly an area that's improving, and the running game in general is improving. Um, th- because th- th- they've they've gotten better at, at some of those things as as uh, the schedule has sort of gone on. Obviously, they ran the ball pretty successfully yesterday. Um, they, they there's no question they looked the worst in the three games last night. But part of that is yes, the Browns are doing a lot of things wrong to hurt themselves. Stupid you know penalties before the play, uh, various issues with execution and those things. But the Rams have the best defensive player in football. They have two really good edge rushers. They've got a really fantastic safety tandem. They've got a very good linebacker. So it's not that they're, you know, they're not some schlub team. The Browns just aren't executing against. They are a good defense. The the Browns need to certainly get better if they're going to have any meaningful success uh, against anyone on a consistent basis. But certainly the Browns have played – a couple of very talented defenses, uh, you know, in the Titans and the and the and the Rams, uh, they're going to face another one in the Ra- in the Ravens. Um, they're going to face some truly awful defenses when they get to the second half of the year, and the hope is that they will have corrected issues uh, that where they can actually take those teams apart and just dominate them as opposed to just getting by and winning at a comfortable margin margin because the defense doesn't really give up a ton of points. But there are a lot of areas that they don't need like wholesale changes. They just need for, for, you know, they need to first and foremost walk before they can run. I think part of this is they're trying to uh, the players at times feel like they're trying to get massive plays when they just need to execute correctly. And, you know, they're not settling for, the right play they're trying to make the the play everybody thinks they're supposed to make and i think that's part of the problem and i'll still go to this uh you know i don't think they're doing enough deep i don't think they're challenging enough deep this is you know one of the things you look odell is great i mean in that rpo and the you know whether you're gonna you know run it off the left guard or the right guard or you know hit odell on a slant that's fantastic odell is more than that um you need to appreciate that and you need to challenge a little bit deep here um terrell howard uh congratulations on your t-shirt for on the over and under selection um baker his question is is it just me or is baker not throwing enough to the middle of the field this year through three games um i I think there was more of it last year and i I do agree with him in this aspect um but i i don't think they're challenging pete every box so to speak when you know if, if you're an offensive coordinator whether it's you know it's the the short left it's the middle left it's the deep left and vice versa all the way across I do agree with this I, I don't think they're challenging every spot every box on the field to this point they're not uh I would say I, to me my reaction to this was it's just him but apparently it's you too um they have exploited the middle of the field, uh, but, you know, like on those play action slants and the seam uh, to Beckham and stuff like that, 
the, you know, the sluggo to Richard Higgins against the Titans, like those things to me are in the middle of the field. I, I wish they'd, I want to see them do more of it. I, I, exactly. I'd, like see, I'd like to see less rollout stuff uh, trying to press the sideline because I think they're, they're basically shorting themselves on the amount of field they have. Um, but I think part of that is by virtue of who they don't have. Um, I think not having some of their players is becoming a problem in that area. Uh, obviously, Njoku being hurt is a problem in that area. I think um, I think not having Richard Higgins is a problem in that area. I, I think they're they're lacking threats, like because like some of the dudes they're hitting in the middle of the field is like is like Ricky Seals Jones, like. And again, this becomes a question of. Is that the right decision? Um, whether they they should be hitting you know him as opposed to somebody else, but I guess I disagree. But I can see where like I guess I can see where it's coming from. I suppose. Um, for me, it's you know it's the spray chart, and you know, and maybe and, and part of it is though is because he is leaving the pocket, so maybe it is. But you know, when I saw that one, that one kind of stuck out to me a little bit, and I don't think they're you know, essentially hitting every avenue. Um, obviously, if you're going to use last night as an example, that's where David Njoku is supposed to make kind of make his living. And without, you know, Rashard Higgins here, where, you know, you can use Jarvis or Odell in a slot. But, I mean, the slants are one thing, but, I mean, they just seem so predictable in that aspect. It's just not enough flavor for me to this point. Uh, vivid seats, uh, guys, make a memory that'll last a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event, whether it's a ball game, whether it's a concert, whether it's theater, enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps, no space, KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And we got one more here before we start to put a close to this and we'll get a little maybe a little in, uh, league news wise because you know we do try to bring those into the aspect of courses always and this is the one i am going to go with this is paul's in where is the creativity pete that got freddie kitchens this job this version of freddie would have never been the head coach and i'll be honest it's the motion and i go back to that Four-play sequence on the goal line, you know, I, I think of the Jarvis counter touchdown against the Carolina Panthers. There's, there's nothing to it here. There's nothing – and they are not a good enough team right now, Pete, where they can just say it's mono e mono and we'll run our best and it should, it's going to beat your best. They're not there yet. Right. Um, it's, it's a hard question to answer because, like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like the chicken or the egg. Like oh, you want, absolutely fair. You want to have all that creativity and all those things where you're, you know, a really dangerous opponent and you can do all those things, but it feels like you can't do that because uh, some of the, the, the fundamental things aren't getting done. So they, you know, it's, it's very hard to be super creative when it's second and 14, for example, uh, you need to be on schedule on some of those things. Uh, at the same time, um, it feels like, and, and this could be completely contrived, it feels like 
Freddie had, you know, a little bit of a devil may care attitude last year and that it felt like the season was sort of lost and it was like, well, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat type of thing. Right. There was like, and there, there's no pressure uh, on it. And, and that's, you know, that's obviously a different dynamic now where it's, you do have pressure to deliver and you don't want to, you know, become, you know, where you can't do, uh, you're getting too cute by half. And, and I think in some respects they've gone, gotten to that, do the opposite way where like you obviously have that fourth and nine draw, which is one of the most indefensible calls, you know, this team will ever have. Um, but <laughs> the other part of this is, you know, they aren't catching anyone by surprise anymore. You know, they, yeah. they, they've studied Baker Mayfield. They've studied, you know, Freddie kitchens on some, in some respects, they've done a lot of things to sort of get ready for this team because there is a lot of talent here and there is a lot of, uh, expectation and there is a lot of reason to believe that this team can be really good but you have to you know sort of expect that teams are going to counteract and and to some extent they have and obviously some of that has been changing up the coverage looks which has been you know an adjustment for Baker Mayfield where he's not where he needs to be on that end and that needs to get better uh, but uh, I, I think that that I think that may be part of what they need to do to sort of get back to where they they should be, which is basically just embrace the attitude of whatever and just play football and you know you can say have fun. I mean it's hard to just say that when it's you're talking about professional, but that have fun, go out there and, and just you know make them make make some waves and, and do some of those things to try to shake 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 yourself out of this, but. I think that's part of this slump that both Freddie and, and, and Mayfield are in that they need to get out of. And maybe that's the way to do it, but it's tough. It's tough because the defenses are aware of you. Uh, the defenses aren't, you know, aren't being caught by surprise. They aren't being caught surprised by specifically the offensive tackles that are there. They, they sense a weakness. And, and honestly, I don't know what the PA, PFF stuff said, but I felt like Greg Robinson actually played reasonably well when they tried to put McDonald on him and those type of things, which is positive. But that's the other part is, is when you don't trust your line and you don't have your tight. Like Freddie Kitchens misses Darren Fells. There I said it. I, he, who is, by the way, delivering in Houston. I'm just going to say that. I think Demetrius Harris delivered and had a pretty good game. Certainly How better. Make it to week three without bringing this up. <laughs> Certainly better, but again, Farrell Brown is 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 not a bad special teams player. I think he's okay in that aspect, but he's just not very good at the stuff they need him to do on a consistent week to week basis. And then again, the it's it's devastating how much the loss of David Njoku is impacting this team. But it is, and that sucks. And they're going to have to sort of figure that out. And I think it's going. I think that that gets solved by going the other way. But they've got to come up with a better answer than what they currently have. Um, and look, when we talk about this stuff, and especially with the you know Carolina last year, it's not to the point where this stuff is considered gadget anymore. It's just you know it's you know taking what a defense does and using it against them. And you saw the amount of you know uh, you know jet sweeps and then jet sweep reverses, and that's, it's it's not gadget in 2019 it's not at all it's 
it's a staple and it's, you know, keeping defenses honest. And it's just the, the way you've got to do it. And they've got to mix it up here. And look, you know, I don't want Odell taking carries, but Jarvis has shown he's capable of it. Callaway, when he comes back, he's capable of it. He, well, that, that, is the other, that is the other part of this. They are missing a lot of dudes. Um, Richard Higgins, I think we know the value he has. Um, I, you know, we may be seeing some of this is, is not having Callaway is a bigger deal than we may have anticipated. Where initially we were talking about this. And I, I think, and I, by the way, I think Damian Ratley is uh, helping himself. I think he made two really nice catches yesterday. I will uh, take my but, bow on that one, but go ahead. Uh, I think he's doing real well. But it may, it, it's possible that, you know, we've underestimated – it's not that about this. It, was, it was a baseball lineup, but now all of a sudden with injuries and suspensions, it's kind of like that Sunday throwaway baseball lineup where it's like, well, you played four of your best guys. Right. Like, it's not to say that, like, we look, we, we've seen what Antonio Callaway can do. And that's why we talked about the potential that he become a, a, a long-term number two receiver. So it's not like we didn't appreciate the talent, but it does seem like, you know, b- between not having him, not having Higgins, obviously losing Perriman from last year, uh, they they are sort of – it feels somewhat handcuffed in terms of their options. And, again, that's part of the reason that drives me insane that, you know, Farrell Brown's out there, and I hate to keep picking on this kid, but uh, <laughs> it's just not good. And it does feel like they are missing some pieces. And, obviously, you know, you have the injury report you had last night, and you can't help but get healthier. But it does seem like maybe part of this – there are no, there are undoubtedly things that Baker Mayfield has to do better by himself, regardless of anything else, else that happens. There are things that Freddie Kitchens has to do better in a vacuum, regardless of anything else. But in addition to those things, it does feel like the injuries, the suspension, are taking a toll on this. And and you know, I don't, I don't think they missed uh, Chris Hubbard at all because I think he's terrible. But uh, Justin McRae is basically the same thing, just bad. Uh, but I, I do feel like the skill players in particular, I think Najoku, Higgins, and, uh, and uh, Callaway all being gone are adding up and becoming a real problem. And, and Beckham is great, and, and I think Landry can make some plays, but Landry is sort of limited in, in, in the type of things he can do, where I think some of these other guys are a little more, more versatile. Um, in sort of the way they can attack defense. And I think that may be part of where the creativity has gone, where sort of the life of this offense isn't where it seems to be. And obviously play, they're playing, you know, tough, tough opponents right out of the gate. Um, and that's not helping either. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot of things that have sort of added up. Um, I, I can say this. I'm already – and, and I, look, part of this is the nature of the game that you have media availabilities constantly, you know, after the game every day, I I'm done. I'm ready to be done with, you know, blame me. I'm ready to move on to, here's what we're going to do to fix it. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, because Put my name on the negative. No, I don't want the name on the negative. I want to know what the hell is going to do to get this ship right. Right. Because if, 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 if we keep doing this dance, all we're going to get to is, okay, we need a new head coach like that. There, there comes a point where you you're, blame you turns into, okay, I'm blaming you. You're the problem. Now get out. And, and I don't want to say we're anywhere near that, but it's just I, I'm, I'm past 
that point, like I, I'm, re I'm, I'm ready for answer, solutions as opposed to, you know, just laying there and uh, laying there and just getting getting uh, whipped essentially over and over. I'm not interested in a whipping boy. I want to see some solutions. But I think there's just a lot of things that are sort of playing into this that need to get addressed. I, I think Freddie Kitchens needs to get better. I think the staff needs to get better. Um, and and just everything just seems to be coming to get, get together. And again, we, we, we talked about this. The Browns could be two and four, two and five, and be perfectly fine. It's the way they are losing that makes it so frustrating. It's not like they're losing while, you know, they're getting beat because the other team is just beating them. They're, they're doing so many things to do, to do themselves damage before they even get the other team a chance. And then the offense playing as poorly as it has doesn't help. You know, it's not like they're losing on a last second you know, great play by the other team. They're, they're, they're killing themselves before they ever get the chance. And, you know, one and two was not an unforeseeable problem, potential situation. Neither is one and three, honestly. It's the fact that it's the way they're losing. So I'm caught in sort of this, this trap of I, I'm fully ready to be, you know, ready to see this team be two and four, two and five, and then run off like, eight wins in a row or something like that because of the way the schedule works out because I think they will get better and sort of put things together. But it, it, one, we are still here and it sucks to be here. And two, the way that they're sort of getting into things doesn't give you a lot of confidence. And they, and I want to see things that sort of get, get you to a point of, okay, I can see this getting better. Cause right now the defense is, is where it needs to be. And will I think we'll only get better special teams. Uh, Jamie Gillen obviously had had a, a forgettable couple of punts last night, but I think the special teams units in general are far better than they were last year, and that part is and the offense just feels like it's uncharacteristically unexpectedly bad, and and I don't think that that expectation is going to change. It's it's they have to move on and get to solutions point. We we it's time to move on because. You know that we there there could be a situation where the Browns could be, you know, make the playoffs and not be good enough, and that's okay. And you're sitting there going, "Well, we've got to address two tackles. We've got to address the safety position. We've got to address this, that, and the other. We've got to get better at a few positions just by virtue of adding things." But it, it it's just the way they're doing it right now is what's so frustrating and understandably frustrating for fans that are lashing out at this whole thing. The offense feels right now like it's a car with the emergency brake on. Um, we know there is so much more to this, but, you know, whatever the chemistry is right now, it's, it's not leading to it. Um, maybe it's too many people, uh, but whatever. It needs to be, and, you know, whatever Freddie's theories are and whatever Todd's theories are, their theories need to be what is best for number six and what is best for him leading this team to success on the field because the recipe is there. And look, I don't want to, you know, as much as it hurts to not have David Njoku and waiting on Antonio Callaway, you got Odell Beckham, you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got Nick Chubb. There's enough there. There's enough there. Uh, Pete, that, that might be the most frustrating part about this is you have a legit superstar at Odell Beckham. You have a great running back in Nick Chubb. You have Jarvis Landry, I guess. 
And then that should really be enough to do some of these things. And, and you know, I, I, can, I can crap on Jarvis quite a bit. But, but he's, a, he's, a, he's a right complement to this. He is. But he is doing things that are – you know, he is clearly doing more for this offense than Mayfield is right now. I mean, that's the problem is, is it would be very easy for me to complain and, and say things about Jarvis Landry on some of these plays maybe he should be making or whatever. But he is delivering – in situations where he needs to be, and, and it, it, it's really on Baker to do that. But they do have enough to – certainly more than 46 points through three games. That, you know, no one – I can't fathom any of us would have said they would have only had 46 points through three games. That's just insane to me. Yeah, I mean, to, to think about the biggest issue right now would have been how the Browns' skill players are performing. Seems preposterous, seems ludicrous, but, you know, this is where we're at. Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest over there? Uh, I mean, obviously it was discussing the, you know, the offensive issues that was last night and getting my uh, frustration out on that. But then today, well, I should say last night, you know, bright and early this morning at, you know, 1 a.m. And then today it was, you know, talking up the defense. And, you know, to me, in the last 20 years, that was one of the most – easily one of the most inspired – performances this defense has had I think it's right up there I think it's right up there with Eric Mangini uh, against the Saints and the New England Patriots where he had gray-haired David Bowens picking off Drew Brees a couple times in in games that they ultimately won Uh, you have five starters out and your defense carries you Um, I, I am thoroughly impressed with with Steve Wilkes because you know this you know the, the comparison to the Eric Mangini thing, I, I mentioned it being one of the most inspiring performances. I didn't mention it comparing it to the Eric, Eric Mangini stuff. And I didn't mention this, but he looks in terms of this defense, he was the biggest unknown uh, in terms of he hadn't called very many plays as a defensive coordinator in his career. He nope. didn't do it last year. He only did it the one year at Carolina and he's, you know, he's not perfect by any stretch, but he's doing really, really well. His scheme is really effective. He's doing a lot of things that are just right. He's making it very difficult for some of these offenses to function. Obviously, the Rams being a notable one uh, and all the talent they had. Uh, he, it's, especially last night, it's very easy to see why he got a look as a head coach based on last night. Uh, I, you know, again, we, we talked about this. I think at some point it will happen again, but right now he is crushing it. And hopefully that continues because the defense has all the makings of something special and they're hopefully going to get all these DBs back this week. And that can sort of pick up uh, and we can get, you know, Denzel Ward back where he needs to be. Greedy Williams can pick it up. Demarius Randall needs to come back and play well. Obviously he missed two games. He didn't play that well in the first game. And the really sneaky bad news for Demarius Randall we didn't miss him yesterday, and that's not good for a guy who's trying to get, you know, top 10 safety money. I, I thought Eric Murray did a really nice job, and obviously they do, they do different things. But, yeah, I, 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 I think um, we've talked about this. I, I think Joe Schobert is the one you absolutely have to sign, um, and, and that has not changed. He's, he's just fantastic. And, again, I don't know what PFF said. They may have shit on him again, but he's just great. Um, and, and you have to get him signed. Uh, I think Demarius Randall, you've got to, he's got to play out of his mind going forward. But I, I think ultimately you let him walk. 
and and you just keep building this thing, and, and you're going to have to keep adding safeties. I, I think Eric Murray is continuing to make himself more and more valuable. T.J. Carey's contract sucks, but God damn if he isn't playing well. Uh, and there's just a lot of things going on on that side of the ball which make you feel really positive that if they can get this thing going, and I think they will, that this thing can be very good in a very big hurry. Well, I agree with you. Uh, Murray definitely you know, was a guy that you can't take your eyes off of, and here he's supposed to play this nickel safety type of thing, and now here it is. All right, well, there's no Randall, so this is going to be you. Um, and even Burris, uh, I think Burris had a pre- PFF grade close to like 70. Um, their Jermaine Whitehead experience is over. Cool. This was like this Funny. was like this was like a spring break fling, where and now all of a sudden you turn into a relationship. Um, it's great that he looked great in OTAs. He did nothing over the summer because I, of his injuries. He I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't know what that means. Look great in OTAs. He sucked his whole career and all these people. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's what we're saying is they told us he looked great in OTAs. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything in the preseason because he was injured. So he's either getting beat to the post or he's committing 15-yard penalties. I well, mean, and that's what got him cutting Green Bay. Come back. Cut that's him. A, that is precisely where it got, cut him, got him cut in Green Bay. The Browns got him after the Packers cut him for a personal foul that the team felt cost them the game, and they got rid of him. We're there. And, and, you know, that play didn't cost the Browns the game, but – He's doing nothing to win the game. He's now nothing. actively hurting you. <laughs> and, look, as I told John Costco, he looks great in the uniform. But other than that, I haven't seen anything that would keep this guy around. We're going to put a ball in this. And, uh, I, I keep Justin Burris over him in a heartbeat. No, exactly what I said. Justin Burris, who showed up here on Saturday about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, said, let me see the playbook again, make sure I know everything. Now, give me a guy who's going to die trying as opposed to a guy who's going to just, you know, get beat like a post. And then when he does get beat, does stupid things and cost you yards. Now, Jermaine Whitehead, he can go. And I agree with you. Farrell Brown, uh, he, he's, a, he's become the whipping boy, and it's not his fault. But he's just not ready for it. I think he's nice on special teams. I think he does a good job there. Uh, but he, he, you cannot say our offense revolves around, at least even if it's 30% of the time, yep. cannot revolve around Pharaoh Brown being functional. Because I mean, look, if Whitehead and Brown had to take the share of the same Uber to the airport, I'm fine with that. Uh, Pete's work for Brown's Maven. Uh, Brown's been part of the SI, you know, uh, umbrella now, and it, it, it's great for Pete and obviously a bunch of, you know, folks that we know and, you know, we've, you know, corresponded with for over the years now. It's working out well for them, and, you know, make sure you check that out. At brownsmaven.com, make sure you're checking that out. At underscore Pete Smith, give a follow over there. Uh, of course, you know, and look, it's picking up. Pete, look, we're just, uh, where we're at right now, it's content. Putting it out consistently day in, day out. The show itself at Lock On Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open there. Guys, we're doing everything we can for you here. Look, we feel this is going to get itself righted. And look, as bad as you want to take these first three weeks, and yes, and the moral victory over the Jets, all that's one good. You want to Baltimore, you win this game. You were tied for first place with a two-game lead on whatever the heck is going on behind you. That's what it's all about. That's what you want, and that's where we'll go as we go on further. This stuff, this ship is going to get righted. Hopefully, get it, you know, to achieve what we all anticipated, it needs to get righted Sunday. 
and then we'll go from there. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.